You're listening to the Be a Better Lawyer podcast with Dina Cataldo, episode 194. So how do high achieving lawyers break through generations of being taught that we have to grind ourselves into the ground to get results for clients, build a successful business and create a life we love? While law schools are busy teaching the rule of law, they're slacking on teaching us how to be a better human to create for ourselves the success we thought we'd achieve after law school. This podcast bridges the gap between law school and life. Hello, how are you today? Oh my gosh, I am so excited about this episode. It's going to be intense, I'm not going to lie, but it's building on what we talked about in last week's episode, Indulging in Confusion. I'm going to walk you through how to create your process to help you move from confusion to achieving any result that you're after, whether it's growing your practice, improving a relationship, building your confidence or leadership abilities, or anything else you can think of. Your process will be your step-by-step how-to, your checklist of actions to take so that you can get the outcome that you want. And what gave me the idea for these episodes was an interview I heard with Tim Grover, who was a trainer for Michael Jordan and for Kobe Bryant when Jordan retired. Tim Grover created a process for basketball players who want to improve their game. And unless the player sees a skill gap, they won't work with a trainer like him. And most people don't have the kind of insight to see that gap. But there are some players who do have that insight, including Michael Jordan and Kobe Bryant, right? The best players of all time always see a skill gap. They're always looking for ways to improve their game. So Grover wrote letters to every player on the Chicago Bulls team except Michael Jordan, but the only player to contact Grover was Jordan because he wanted to improve his game. Jordan was skeptical, but he knew that he had gaps and he knew that he needed help. So here's an overview of one of the processes Grover used to help strengthen players and prevent them from being injured. So he would watch the basketball game played live that day. Then he would re-watch the video of the game that night. And while watching, he would count the steps that Jordan took. He'd look for whether Jordan favored his right side or his left side. He'd watch to see which areas of the paint that he would fall on most. He'd watch to see how Jordan fell to see whether there was a technique he could show him for falling so he could prevent injury. Jordan had a goal. Then Grover came in and became the watcher, right? Like he watched everything about the game. He watched everything about the player and how he responded, how he reacted, how he fell, how many steps he took. Then he created a workout routine that night so that Jordan would have a workout for the next morning to strengthen the opposite side of his body, strengthen any weak spots, and practice falls correctly. Because those guys like to just like get right back on it the next day. He needed to make sure there was a fast turnaround. So it's not like there's a guidebook to this, right? Like this is what like what I do as a coach, like be the watcher and come up with a game plan for the person who is getting coached. I watch my client in our call and listening to how they talk about their law practice, their time, their clients, and then I'm breaking down a process for them to strengthen their mind and make their lives easier. We're strengthening weak spots and working on mindset. It's like doing reps with a personal trainer. And that's what we're going to do here in this episode for you. Grover didn't have someone telling him what to do. He had to come up with the process on his own. There wasn't anyone else doing that kind of work. 
What Grover did not do was indulge in confusion and say, I don't know how to strengthen Jordan's body or help him. He could be better. I've never seen a routine that helps. I wish someone would tell me what to do. No, he developed a process for the problem he wanted to solve, and I'm going to show you how to do that today. And I want you to know, like all the the big performers do this. So Beyonce does the same thing with her performances. She rewatches her performances, goes back with a fine tooth comb, sees what she wants to improve, then creates processes for doing so. All the high performers in the world do this. If you're not doing this, it's probably because because you're indulging in confusion. Now, confusion does not have to be a problem. It can be a springboard to creating your process if you notice it and then do the work we're talking about in this episode. So I was thinking about the material for this episode, and it's pretty high-level stuff. If you notice you're spacing out, tune back in, come back to me, okay? What we're talking about likely isn't how you think on a regular basis, because our brains just weren't designed to think this intensely. They were designed to conserve energy. So your brain is going to want to revolt. It's going to say, I want to take a nap, and it's going to say things like, this sounds hard, I'm confused, I'm not sure what she means, I want you to notice your brain if it tells you any flavor of I don't know, okay? If this is your very first time listening to Be a Better Lawyer podcast, then you might want to try another episode first. You're definitely going to want to listen to last week's episode first because this episode builds on that one. And then next week, I'm coming back for you. I'm going to talk to you about how to overcome your brain's resistance to the process you create for yourself in this episode. So because... We all know making a plan is one thing, but implementing one is something else. So we're going to talk about that. Before we jump in, I want to invite you to book a call with me. If you're listening to this podcast, you want to grow. You value personal development, and you know you need something to help you move to the next level in your life and practice. Coaching may be the next step in your evolution. The only way to find out is if you book a call with me and we talk about what coaching one-on-one would look like for your specific situation. You can book a call with me at dinacataldo.com forward slash strategy session. That's dinacataldo.com forward slash strategy session. All right, my friend, let's start creating your process from the confusion. Okay, and I want to give you a little recap about how you know in your, you're in confusion. But first, let me tell you this. If you're in confusion, there's nothing wrong with you. That is the natural state of our brain because it wants to conserve energy. I just want you to know that. Like, Don't beat yourself up as you're listening to this episode. This is not something that we're expected to learn in college or anything. No one teaches us this stuff. I just want to show you how applicable this is for any problem. And you do this naturally all the time in areas that come more easily to you. It just may be that you can't see it in one particular area of your life or five particular areas of your life. So I want you to know that it's 100% normal if you're confused. But I also want you to know that confusion is optional. Okay, so here's the little recap. You say anything that sounds like, I don't know, or you have vague thoughts like, I should be doing more, or my relationship should be better, and that's a cue that your brain is being lazy and glossing over telling you the truth. Another way to know whether you are indulging in confusion is if you put things off. So I had a client who was putting off deciding whether she would add a new arm to her practice. That just showed up um, with the thought, I should have more experience. And we needed to get clear on what that even meant. Because she was thinking that she should have more experience, but what 
was that even true? So what constituted enough experience for her? How did she define enough? What experience did she think she lacked? Was it true she needed to have that experience before she got started? What would the next steps be for her to get that experience? Okay, like really starting to look at what does it really mean? And is it even true that you need it? Okay, so I'm going to break down one of last week's examples so you have an example fresh in your mind as we move forward. So last week we talked about the thought, I could be a better lawyer, and could makes that a super vague thought. If we stay stuck here and just believe that thought, hook, line, and sinker, then we are indulging in confusion. It's a dead-end thought with no benefit. So if we question that thought, then we're moving out of indulgence and into problem-solving mode. So make your brain get specific. What does it mean to be a better lawyer? It may come up with a list of things, right? So this is what we talked about last week. I'd know all the answers. These are the specific things that you want to look for and ask yourself. What does it mean to be a better lawyer to you? So for instance, I'd know all the answers to my client's questions. I get that one a lot. I wouldn't feel nervous in court. I'd be more organized. Even this is a little vague. What does more organized mean? Do you wish you had your files organized alphabetically? Does it mean that you had a you wish you had a system for consults? Does it mean that you have a dusted office? Like write all of that down. Get specific. What does that mean? I'd use a calendar. I'd send out Christmas cards every year. I'd have the proper forms organized for clients. I'd have a system for fill in the blank. I wouldn't snap at my associates. I'd be better at delegating. And what does that mean? Is there something specific you notice that you're not delegating that you want to? You get the idea. Keep writing. Keep writing and then review your thoughts to see if you can make them even more specific. So I went through more examples in the last episode, but I wanted to just kind of bring this back to your attention. All right. So if you've kind of faded, come back to me. It's okay. All right. Okay. If your brain is numb from this, I want you to know that that's a good thing. If your brain hurts, that's a good thing. It means your brain is being challenged. The goal of these episodes is to challenge your brain to think differently. So let's break creating the process Um, and taking action into a few different parts here. And so the creating the process is what you're going to use to take action. It's like creating your to-do list. So part one is about questioning all your thoughts. Step two is about um, really starting to cross-examine yourself so you can start seeing whether or not they are true or not. And step three is then pulling out what's relevant so that you're taking the most impactful actions to create the result you want. Okay, so step one, let's take that list you made in episode 193 and question everything about it. I'm going to use the example we just used first off, but if you did the homework last week, you'll have your own list of all the thoughts you have about what it means to have whatever results you want. So if you're thinking a thought like, I could be a better lawyer, I should have a better relationship, I should be in a relationship, like whatever those vague thoughts are, the one that you picked last week and the list that you wrote, you're going to want to take this three, this process that I'm going through and start to pull out your personalized process, your action plan. 
Okay, so step one is taking that list you made in episode 193 and then questioning everything about it. So this is what I do with my clients to help them prioritize their processes. You can't do everything, but you can do this work to see what may be the most important items you want to work on, the ones that you do want to put on your calendar. This is what questioning every thought on that list looks like. Okay, so using the example, I could be a better lawyer, start asking yourself, is it true that the best lawyers really know all the answers to their clients' questions? No, that's what Lexis and Westlaw is for. The best lawyers know how to look up the answer, right? You see that? Like when you start asking yourself, is it true? You start to answer it and find out, oh, maybe it's not really true after all. Is it true that the best lawyers never feel nervous in court? Probably not. In fact, I know that's not true. I was watching a homicide trial being prosecuted by the best lawyer in our office who was highly respected in the nation. And after his closing argument, he came up to me and asked me if I thought he did okay. And I was taking notes on his presentation and he was asking me if I thought he did okay, like sincerely. There's nervousness nervousness and self-doubt at every level. Now, is it true that the best lawyers are organized? Maybe. It helps if you can locate your files easily, right? It definitely cuts down on stress because you're not wondering if you have the whole file. Um, It's definitely more pleasant when you work in an office that's dusted and doesn't have files everywhere. It might be easier to have a system for consults. And if you're noticing problems stemming from a lack of organization, just be really honest with yourself. If it feels true, like, is it true that the best lawyers are organized? Ask yourself, is it true? Maybe it is. And then go from there. Okay, there's no right or wrong answer here. Now, do the best lawyers use a calendar? I've never seen a calm lawyer who didn't use a calendar, but maybe. Let's say it's true. The best lawyers use a calendar. And do the best lawyers send out Christmas cards? Maybe. What do you want to do? You get to decide on all of these what you want to do. If you think that that creates great connection with your clients, sure. Okay, let's go with it. Let's let's agree with it. Yeah, I think the best lawyers do send out Christmas cards. I don't know. So do the best lawyers have proper forms organized for clients, have systems, not snap at their associates, delegate certain aspects of their practice? I mean, it goes on and on. Whatever you came up with on the list... In this case, let's just say yes in the interest of time and move on to creating the process, okay? You're cross-examining yourself. Don't trust the crap your default brain comes up with. Really take a look at your thoughts with a discerning eye. What we just went through was a cross-examination of your brain. I mean, that's basically <laughs> that's basically what I do all day long. It's just like cross-examining in a really loving and compassionate way my client's brain <laughs> so that they can see whether or not their thoughts are even true. Now, step two is taking that cross-examination and pulling your priorities from it. This is going to be the process, okay? This is going to be your action plan to get what you want. Now, um, Here's what I really want to show you here. I'm just kind of looking at my notes here and make sure I've got this here. We're going to go with it. We're just going to see how it goes. And if I have to re-record, I will re-record. All right. So you're cross-examining yourself, not trusting what your default brain comes up with, and really taking a look at your thoughts with a discerning eye. Okay. We're going to use the same example here. Is it true that the best lawyers really know all the answers to the client's questions? Well, we know that's not true, so your anxiety about this can be put to rest. Okay, check. Done. Now we ask a follow-up. Do you feel confident using research tools to help you find the answer? 
right? You got to like really look at these, right? Because there's some kind of lack of confidence if you're having the thought that you have to have all the answers and there might be a, a lack of confidence there. So ask yourself, okay, well, if I feel not confident when I'm talking to my clients, how can I fix the problem, right? Like how can I improve that area? Really got to be honest with yourself here. Well, if you don't feel confident um, using research tools to help you find the answer, then you might want to take a class on this. So that's going to become part of your process to help you with the result you want of becoming a better lawyer. Get it? Okay, so let's do another one here. Is it true that the best lawyers never feel nervous in court? No. Then the question becomes, am I okay showing up knowing I'm going to be nervous? What can I do to help me perform at my best so that I'm less nervous? Maybe it's taking, you know, a Toastmasters class. I don't know. I'm not really familiar with those, but like maybe it means doing like a speaking class of some sort. Maybe it means making a game plan where you have a ritual for when you're in trial to make your life easier. So when I was in trial, I wanted to do all my grocery shopping ahead of time. I had all my meals prepped ahead of time. I had my exercise scheduled. I had my sleeping. I was religious about when I went to sleep and when I woke up because that made my life easier. Hey, and it will make you calmer, right? So really prioritizing that ritual to make sure that you are performing at your best and maybe it gives you more time to prepare and you feel less nervous. So you really just have to take a judgment call here. It's like, what will make me feel better? Like, yes, mindset, I'm all in for mindset. And at the same time, like, what can you do to make your life easier? The next topic that came up was organization, right? We talked about that. Get clear on what organization means to you. What processes do you want to implement? Do you want to hire a cleaner? Do you want to train your assistant to file your files for you? These would all be part of your process or action plan. So I'm I'm using those terms interchangeably here. All right, so then we talk about having a calendar. If you think the best lawyers have a calendar they stick to, then decide on a calendar. And if you're struggling in this area, I highly highly recommend you download the Busy Lawyer's Quick Start Guide that walks you through the process of getting your calendar in order. You can download it at dinacataldo.com forward slash busy lawyer. So another one, do the best lawyers send out Christmas cards? If you said yes, then put it in your calendar now to buy cards. Have your clients addressed, pulled, right? Set time aside to write and mail the cards, all of that good stuff. And then if you said yes, that the best lawyers have everything else that you listed, then come up with what you want your action set step to be to fulfill that, right? It's up to you to think about how to solve for whatever the perceived problem is. And if you decide that it's not a problem, like it's not a real problem, or it's not something you want to prioritize, you cross it off the list and you don't have to think about it. Do you see how when you get out of confusion, you can begin problem solving, right? And then step three is just going back to your list and pulling them out one by one. And then you get your action plan and that's going to look like sign up for Lexus training, create ritual for when you're in trial, decide on a calendar system and get assistant on board, place Christmas cards on your calendar this year, ask assistant to make a system for your files and implement. Okay, see how this works? Then when your brain offers you a dead end thought, like the one like I could be better, You can see it and know you can figure anything out, okay? 
Let's put this all together with an example we used in the last episode. And you can use this when your brain tells you that your relationship could be better. Step one, don't let your brain get away with being vague. Let's say the thought you were indulging in is something like my marriage could be better. Could be is incredibly vague. What does that even mean? Ask your brain that. It will give you an answer. What does your brain think could be better about your marriage? Get specific. Things like, this is what's going to come out probably. Something like my partner could take out the trash without me asking them. My partner could be more supportive. I could be nicer to my partner. I could spend more time with them. I could make more time for date nights. They could tell me about how they feel more. We'd have more sex. I mean, write down all of your thoughts. Every single thought you have is important. Spend 10 minutes on this until your brain hurts trying to come up with more because usually the last 30 seconds is when you get your best thoughts. So keep going. Are you still with me? Come back to me if you've, if you've drifted off. I know, this, but this is going to be something your brain needs to sit down and do if you are indulging in confusion. So really, this is like really important work here. Okay, step two. For each thought your brain came up with that told you your marriage could be better, you're going to ask yourself, is that even true? Because most of our thoughts are nonsense. I mean, come on, right? Like really start to look at these things. Like does it really matter if he takes out the garbage or not? Like that does not determine a good relationship. Reading your mind, like is that even reasonable, right? You start to really ask yourself, oh, is that even going to make my relationship better? Like I could be nicer to my partner. Well, what does that mean? Like what can you solve for here? What does that even mean? Right? I could be nicer to my partner. Let's get specific. Let's say, okay, I could greet my partner when they come home. I could put down my book when they walk into the room. Right? I could make sure that we're doing date nights. I could have conversations with them. I can talk to them and say, hey, let's have a conversation Friday night and, and make sure you put your phone in the other room, you know, or ask your partner to put their phone in the other room. Like, really start to problem solve instead of just allowing your brain to be vague with coulds and shoulds and all of that. Get specific. Right. And then you can see how like this might take some time to unwind these thoughts. And if you're a client of mine who's working through these episodes, bring your questions to our session and we're going to work through them because I do this work with you and I want you to just have this in your back pocket so that you can remind yourself, refresh yourself when you come to a thought that sounds vague to you, you'd remember to just question it, right? Like if there's any nothing you t- take from this episode except that is just question your thoughts. Okay, now let's try, let's, let's move on here, okay? Let's go to step three. So then you're going to pull out from step two everything that you brainstormed about what you could problem solve. You start prioritizing things and you say, okay, what do I want to put on my list that's going to go in the calendar? What conversations do I want to have? Um, let me connect with my partner. Make sure we can pick a night when we can both do this. We can get a babysitter, whatever it is. Let's place it on the calendar, prioritize it, maybe even make it fun. How do you do that? Problem solve for that. And then, you know, do other things as you see fit. Make a plan for when you get home, put your phone in another room, you know, put the book down when your, your partner walks in the room, whatever that means to you, just start to get intentional, start problem solving. Okay. That is the process. That is your action plan from the confusion. 
Okay, you do this kind of problem solving in other areas of your life. I'm just showing you the system to do it in every area of your life because you do this, I guarantee you, in other areas. So I'm going to give you one last quick example. I'm building a cottage in my backyard and my brain likes to tell me that it's hard and that I don't know how because I've never done it before. And so I keep putting it off, right? The whole shebang's going on there. I'm totally indulging in confusion. Now, if I stay there, I just indulge. If I decide to ask myself what it means to me to build a cottage, then I can get out of confusion. I ask myself what I want and I get a laundry list to get my brain moving instead of stopping me at a dead end thought. So step one, what is a building? What does building a cottage mean to me? What do I want? What do I need to know? Okay. Well, first of all, building a cottage to me means someone else is doing the work. <laughs> okay. Someone else is doing the construction. I want it pretty with a large bathtub. I want it to be usable as both an Airbnb or a conference conference room for groups. And I want it to feel roomy, even it's a bit if it's a bit small. Okay. Step two. I have to pull out my process now, right? I need to know like who's going to do the work, right? Someone else is going to do the construction. Who's going to do it? I have to figure that out, right? How big of a bathtub do I want? Like what is something that seems luxurious to me? Because I want a, a large bathtub. What's the measurements of my ideal plan, right? I need to find out if I have any building limitations, right? Because there's, you know, all these rules. <laughs> and then I got to figure out, okay, well, how much is this going to cost? What are the measurements for the floor plan? What's the measurements for appliances? Um, and I think about like, okay, how do I know if it's even roomy? What does that even mean? I might have to go to like a similar sized apartment and just see whether it feels roomy to me if that's, that's what I like. So then step three, I pull out my process. This is my process now. One by one, I knock these down. I put them on my calendar. I find the people I need. I do the measurements. I get I get the information I need. I make an appointment with an apartment. Like I do each of these things. I make them happen. All of our problems come down to us thinking more effectively about them instead of allowing our brains to be vague or confused. And this is what it means to take 100% responsibility for our results. The good news is we don't have to wait around for things to change or our partner to behave differently to have a better life. We get to take charge of it with this work. Okay, now the bad news is our brain is not going to want to do this work. It's intense and our brain often needs guidance when doing this. And if you want help doing this work, book a call with me. I help my clients every week clear the clutter from their brain so they can go after what they want with more clarity. And you can book a call with me at dinacataldo.com forward slash strategy session. I have to say, this has been some of the most rewarding work that I've done for myself is really starting to question the vague thoughts and start to dig in, start to get specific and start to make game plans. Because whenever we go after something in our life, it's new, if it's different, if we've never done it before, our brain wants to put up a barrier to entry because it doesn't want to do the work. It wants to keep things easy. This is hard work. But it's so fulfilling because then you get to move up to the next level. You get to 
up-level how you serve your clients. You get to up-level how you show up in the world. You get to up-level the relationships that you have because you start to come from a problem-solution orientation. Instead of judging yourself or feeling bad or thinking you don't know the answer, you can become resourceful. You can take responsibility for your results and you can make things happen. All right, my friend, that is all for today. I hope you enjoy the rest of your week and I will talk to you soon. Bye. 